Welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Melissa. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. All right. We got that. We nailed it. Uh, okay. Tonight. Oh, boy. I am so excited to be here with you guys and to be sharing in this experience because tonight we are talking about season three, episode 12 of So Weird, which is Changeling. Um, oh, boy. Where to start with this one? So uh, as the title indicates, our mystery of the week is the Changeling. Now, was anybody here familiar with the Changeling mythology before seeing this episode? No. I think this episode was my introduction to the Changeling mythology. I didn't know anything about them. Same. You know, I, I think I had heard about what a Changeling was. I don't think I had done any research or reading on it, but I think I was at least familiar with the word and what it was. But um, this is, uh, well, I mean, I feel like we just got to go jump right in and describe the plot synopsis because, oh boy, do I have some thoughts here. So, all right. So, um, Molly, Carrie are going to go out and spend the evening with some friends whom we've never seen before and will never see again. These people <laughs> that are apparently old friends of the Phillips family, despite never having been mentioned before, the Johnsons, Mark and Mary. And Annie, Clue, and Jack are left behind to babysit the two Johnson infants, the babies. Um, and in the middle of the night, well, not the middle of the night, after a few relatively peaceful hours or so, uh, the one child is absconded with by a pair of changeling parents and replaced with a mischievous changeling child. That's a real tongue twister there. And he proceeds to run amok, forcing Clue and Annie to wrangle the child and eventually convincing him to laugh, which according to the arcane rules that dictate such things will cause his parents to appear and take him back and replace the original child. Jack, meanwhile, is completely oblivious to anything unusual, well, almost anything unusual, happening during all of this. And uh, there's lots of yucks and laughs for everybody, except not because this is a terrible half an hour of television. <laughs> Speaking about how terrible this episode is, <laughs> let's focus on the graphic. Because you say it's a changeling, the episode says it's a changeling, but the parents look like aliens and the baby looks like Chucky. Yeah, well, yeah, the the alien, the parents looking like aliens, I definitely uh, agree with you there, for sure. Yeah, and I don't even know what the baby looks like, but again, I didn't know what it was supposed to look like. I just thought he was creepy, you know. <laughs> he's he's super ugly, and I don't think intentionally. Like, I, I get that some of the ugliness was on purpose, but um, man, the puppet is bad. Like, the oh, effects yeah. do not hold up. <laughs> Not at all. It couldn't be any more obvious that this is some sort of animatronic doll. And not a good one. Like, not an expensive one. It's, it's facial expressions are very limited. And there are several shots where it's obviously played by a child that is significantly larger than the baby prop is. Where it's and like then not to mention that scene where the baby is dragging Clue around the house and making the mess. It is very obvious in a couple shots that the doll is being pulled by a rope. Ugh. Like you can see it slide across the floors if something's pulling it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that they exceeded their imagination, exceeded their budget on this one, which so weird has definitely encountered before. I mean, we've seen some some salty, shaky special effects on this show, but I, I honestly don't think anything uh, is as bad as this. Yeah, I think it comes close with the CGI dragon from Strangeling in season one. But even mm. that was better than this because at least they tried to hide the bad CGI. Like they were aware of it. 
yeah. they captured it. Yeah, and the puppet in that. They they kind of they have a lot of POV shots in that to sort of get around the limitations. And in this it's like the the little baby changeling is in full view of the camera. Oh, yeah. You can um which you know, guys, I, I don't yeah I don't know if that is a reflection on the filmmaker's behalf. This was directed by let me look up this this dude's name. Uh, this was directed by Francis Damberger, who also gifted the world with Earth 101. Um <laughs> And, and a couple of other episodes that are actually not bad, like Second Generation. But, um, yeah, you know, I don't know if this was they just didn't give a shit or if they were just shooting on a very tight television schedule. Who's to say? But for sure, the puppet sucks balls. It's just awful looking. It's not <laughs> convincing in the least. <laughs> a lot of this episode just doesn't seem to give a shit. For example, in the very beginning, it is clear that Molly and Carrie are going out on a double date. <laughs> like you cannot interpret it any other way because why else would Carrie be going out with Molly and her two friends while Clue, Jack, and Annie all stay at home? There's like a clear difference there that Carrie is not on the same level anymore as Jack and Clue. He's not hanging out with the kids. He's one of the grown-ups now. He and Molly are clearly going out with a couple. This is a double date. <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised watching this because that's that was my immediate thought. Like, oh my god, they're going on a date. I mean, Kat, you've really influenced me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't no, I mean, see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gotta agree with like, what else could it be? I mean, I guess it's okay for like an older woman and a guy in her in his twenties to go out with a pair of her friends. I mean, the more you think about it, the more weird it seems. Like it, mm -hmm. it definitely seems like a date. And yeah. so, I, I mean, I guess at this point, the quote-unquote Molly Carey subtext just becomes text. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you saying it's canon, Zach? I, I would never admit such a ghastly thing, Emily, but I will say that it is very suspicious. Yeah, it's, it's a little obvious. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, I remember, I have a specific memory of seeing this episode when it was new. And I remember watching it and thinking... Like, this was the point where it became really, really clear to me that So Weird was not the show it once was. Like, I definitely had seen, had those thoughts throughout the other season three episodes, watching them and thinking, I missed Fee, that her episodes were a lot better. But with Changeling, it became completely apparent that not only was the show less because the actress was different, that there was an entire dynamic shift within the show and that the people making it were no longer treating it the same way they had previously because this is just slapstick awful goofy not like endearing goofy like an episode like troll or simplicity was just sort of like we are tossing the ball at the lowest common denominator like this is pitched at six-year-olds you know because <laughs> they're there, there's like this this ridiculous sequence where a baby, an infant child. Now I know it's magical, but you got to remember this thing is still you know two feet tall, and you could punt it like a football if you absolutely had to. And this thing somehow manages to outsmart both Clue and Annie. And like, okay, Clue maybe, but <laughs> Annie, you know, I mean, say what you will about the character, but she's pretty sharp. Um, and he's getting tripped and fling around the living room. I mean, it, it, he destroys the living room. The baby does. And it's just like, y you know, this is really juvenile. And that's even before the sequence where he intentionally trips and falls on a scallion um, and then proceeds to repeatedly hurt himself in a very buffoonish, clownish manner for the entertainment of his demon child. 
And you're just watching this thinking like, oh my God, you know, what happened to the show? Um, and of course the most insulting moment is there is about a, I, I, I timed it. It's about 35 second long fart in the middle of this episode. <laughs> and yeah. um, from there we go into an extended poop joke, which is, I mean, like, can you guys imagine Fiona dealing with this rather literal shit? Because I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I agree with just about all of that. <laughs> I too remember watching this episode for the first time and not being a fan. I like Clue and I like Jack and I still like them then, but this episode just felt bad. <laughs> like, just inherently bad plot wise, graphic wise. It's yeah. just bad. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting that you mentioned that this was the episode where you realized that, you know, the show was not what it used to be. Cause that's kind of how it sticks out in my memory too. I mean, this is one of the few episodes of season three that I can remember watching fairly clearly. And you're right. I just, it's like, I don't know. I just realized, Oh my goodness, what happened to the show? I loved like, what is this? Um, and a actually a few episodes after this, I stopped watching completely. So I think this episode was a big part of that. Um, well, I do remember a couple episodes after this one, but there are a lot I don't remember. So I definitely think my um, passion for the show waned significantly following this episode. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Melissa? I actually kind of like it. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the only one I know. <laughs> Uh, but uh, for me, it's just uh, comedy, uh, who's comedy relief, and then the dynamic between him and Annie throughout the episode, it's just hilarious to me. Mm. Uh, Annie's one-liners, too. Uh, you sure you don't want some milk with that? Or uh, <laughs> after uh, Dylan, or the changeling, drops the T-bone, and who is offering a pizza, and uh, she was like, I don't think that's on the list of approved foods. Hmm. I, I do agree. I liked her de delivery of the milk line. That actually did make me laugh. Uh, yeah. But I think, yeah, the thing about So Weird's, like, humorous episodes, I feel like some of them work for me. Mostly just troll. Like, it's an episode that's designed to make you laugh and be kind of silly. But then other yeah. ones just don't. You know, and this is one the humor doesn't work for me. But again, I think it's a personal taste kind of thing too. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely well, think those are the only enjoyable elements about this show is one, Eric Von Dutton totally shines in this episode. He's the best part about it. That we get to see philosophical clue again. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, I like that stuff a lot. Yeah. See, y'all love him getting all philosophical, but for me, I don't know. I just don't like it. It doesn't feel like the same character to me. And I know you'll argue, oh, but he went to college. He's a changed man. But I don't know. I think it's just because season three is so different. And then you've changed Clue, too. It just doesn't work for me. I definitely well, noticed that, too, because during this episode where they're trying to get to the baby to laugh, Clue's telling jokes, and his jokes are so bad. In that moment, I was thinking, like, who used to be funny? Like, intentionally funny in, like, season one. What happened to that? Now yeah. he just seems kind of dumbish. Well, you know, I, I want to say something about, um, first off, Emily, your Kentucky was showing with y'all there. And secondly, <laughs> um, I want to say, uh, I, I don't think Clue has changed. I think Clue is still the goofy surfer dude, quasi-surfer dude he's always been. But now he's sort of attempting 
to appear more sophisticated because, oh, he is in college now. And I think that uh, contrast there is what makes those moments funny. Um, mm. But I, I will agree that, like, up until the appearance of the uh, evil Chucky baby, this is a fairly inoffensive episode. I mean, the scenes of Annie include just hanging out and eating pizza and talking are fine. They don't uh, bother me in any way. And I'm sure if you're an Annie clue shipper, which I guess exists probably, uh, mm. this is uh, provides some solid grist for you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't ship Annie and Clue, but they are fun together, and I like them hanging out together. Same. I do wish we had seen more of that. But uh, it just as soon as the bad puppet shows up, I think the episode is destroyed. Um, and something that I think is really insulting for both the audience's intelligence and the intelligence of the characters is that it takes them all a while to figure out that something unusual is happening. Like they can look at that baby and they think that, oh, this is this is not too weird and, until mm -hmm. it gets really obviously weird. And I'm thinking like, you know, I look at that thing and I'm going to throw it into the fireplace because it's a <laughs> demon child and needs to be sent back to hell from whence it came. So Yeah, how do you not immediately notice that that is not baby Dylan? I'm at the scene where like it's eating steak. Yeah, <laughs> how I mean, where it goes up the chimney, it's like, what the fuck? A baby. Yeah, I don't know. That's one thing I was wondering while I was watching that. How did Clue pick that thing up and not realize it wasn't the baby? Yeah, I agree. Their their reactions aren't natural. I mean, the situation isn't natural, but it just doesn't feel like <laughs> the way they would react to that. Like when the baby, I mean, he's, I guess, immediately after he changes, the baby like falls slam on the floor and they don't even like act concerned. Oh my God, the baby, it fell on the floor. Like, does it have brain damage? And he's just like, go get him, Clue. I'm like, come on, guys. Really? Yeah, because this is a small <laughs> child. I mean, this looks like maybe, you know, like six, seven, eight, maybe a year old. But like, it's just, it's, it's you know, it's a very, very small child. And you don't just casually toss them around. I mean, I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, and, you know, and the sequence with the T-bone the and the broom you, you know, I, I just feel like this, at some point, this show became sort of a loose cartoon logic, because I just know that in like a cartoon from the 50s where the cat and the dog are fighting, you just see the big cartoon T-bone steak. And that's what that sequence reminds me of, this infant evil demon child eating a whole steak that way. Yes, and definitely that whole scene with trashing the living room was so juvenile in its yeah. comedic effect. And then you have Annie, who's so useless and watching and bobbing her head up and down as she was hitting the stairs. All I could think of while watching that was, how did Eric Von Detten feel about filming those scenes being dragged around by a rope? Because at that time, he had been on Princess Diaries. He was getting a good film career started. He was a total heartthrob star. Was he ever thinking like, you know what, fuck this. I am getting way too big for this. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I can't give you an insight into his personality there. Maybe he thought it was fun. Maybe he was enjoying it. Maybe he was just thinking about the paycheck. Who's to say? <laughs> yeah. But, um, man, okay. So so let's talk about the, the, the poop scene because I think it deserves further examination here. Because right, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we get into that, we need to okay. talk about what happened before that. Okay. All right. All right. We'll go in chronological order. What, what yeah. happens before that that deserves mention? All right. So... First of all, we need to talk a little bit about the dynamic between Jack and Clue going on in this episode. Because is it just me, or does it seem a little awkward? Like, Clue seems like he's embarrassed of not being as good of a babysitter as Jack. Which, for one thing, doesn't make sense that Jack's such a good babysitter, because he's only two years older than Fiona. 
So he never got to babysit her when she was a baby. So that's just dumb. And I don't know why they put that writing in there. Yeah, that is a weird thing. They harp on that. Oh, like I had a little sister. I'm a big brother. But yeah, he was two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just awkward in this episode with Jack seeming annoyed about Clue wanting his help while he's putting the baby down. He's like, dude, that's your best friend. Why are you being so uptight with him? Are you mad that you're that his brother's dating your mom? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jack does seem weirdly anal retentive in this episode. I agree. And then I could understand if he's upset by that. <laughs> it yeah, would be a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if they, that's not the reason why he's upset, then there needs to be some other reason because they just seem awkwardly tense in this one. And I don't know why. And uh, Jack is uh, studying for a test. Maybe that's just making him uh, very tense and not very friendly. Huh. Yeah. But he is abnormally a fuddy-duddy in this episode. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> just, just further examples of the weird writing here. Yeah. But then we do go into something interesting, and that is Patrick Levis gets to sing in this episode. It's the only episode where he does sing, and he has a really good singing voice. And it's also notable that after So Weird, he, his brother and sister were part of a Christian band called Least of These. And he has since gone on to release a solo album called Extravagant God. So it's cool that we get to see some of his singing in this episode. Yeah, that yeah. was really sweet. But it just doesn't seem like it jives with the rest of the episode. Oh, it's, no, it's-, it's actually not. Because right after he's done singing, they have this moment where he and Clue are having this touching bro moment about, whoa, you haven't sang since your dad died. And he's like, oh, well, I guess it was time. Jack is dealing with Rick's death, which is something we never really get to see because it's always Fee and Molly dealing with Rick's death. We don't see much of Jack dealing with it. We finally get that moment where Jack is talking about Rick. And then they go and they ruin it with a fart joke. Yeah, it's in this, you know, it's a really nice moment and it's in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But he does have a nice voice and it was nice to hear him sing. I kind of wish it had been a more, I don't know, a less juvenile song. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it's a goofy song, but it is meant to be a lullaby. So that's fine. And it's nice to imagine Rick singing it. That's sweet. Do we have a a decent audio rip of that song anywhere, or is it all just covered up with audio and stuff? Well, we don't have, like, the demo version, but we have the version from the episode that's up on YouTube. (laughs) Okay, all right. Yeah, it plays in the ending credits, too, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I I like that moment, too. And, I again, it's just, it really does seem out of place in what is an extremely silly episode, extremely silly bad way, because especially that afterwards, that moment where Clue and Jack have a little heart to heart and he's, you can see that Jack, oh, you know, he's healing from recovering from the trauma of his father's death. Uh, And then, you know, yeah, they immediately go into a poop joke, which is just, what the fuck am I watching? They just shit all over Rick's memory. (laughs) They do. They shit all over Rick's (laughs) memory. Okay. Y'all making me laugh too loud. Because, you know, the sequence, because, like, all right, yes, you know, babies do do this, yeah, obviously. Um, but, I mean, you know, I think there's a would have been a way to handle this topic that, by this topic, which I meant, you know, excrement, in a way that wasn't awful, but then they make it into this really broad joke. Because, first off, there is that long 35-second fart, and then there's... Uh, Clue and Annie put on these hazmat suits 
and they go in and it's like, oh, you know, this is like sub Nickelodeon level humor here. What yeah, I... like where did those outfits even come from? Right. Why do they have masks and snorkels? Since when do they have a pool? I don't know, but that was hilarious to me. <laughs> That's actually my um, thing on the forum. What, your signature of your avatar or something? Yeah, my avatar. Oh, good lord. Well, you know, you do you, <laughs> Melissa. Nobody's, nobody ju nobody's judging. Um, but yeah, it's a bad. It, it's just like... I, I mean, rewatching this episode today, I, I just kind of wanted to turn it off at that point. <laughs> yeah. I do have to agree with Melissa's point about Annie having good one-liners, though. I do like how during that sweet moment where Jack and Clue are having that heart-to-heart, -heart, Annie just blurts out, Jack, Dylan's a monster. He's <laughs> not on delivery right there. Yeah, a grotesque, <laughs> otherworldly monster. That whole interaction was just hilarious. Well, mm -hmm. you know, the fault with this episode is not with the actors. I mean, everybody is doing as good of a job as I think they can do. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, uh, it's totally the scripting and the special effects and the direction and the writing that fails here. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, I mean, the thing with, you know, I, I get that it's sort of a mythological thing. Oh, you have to make the changeling baby laugh and then it'll be replaced. Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, to me, it just, it feels contrived. It feels like, especially the ending where, oh, what makes the baby laugh? Apparently Clue getting all standoffish and, you know, like, listen here, you little shit. Like that makes <laughs> the baby laugh and this, you know, reverses the curse or what have you. Like that's it's just, it, it's like, what? You know, it's like the writer said, oh, okay, well, we got 22 minutes. We got to end it now. Exactly. During, I teach seventh grade and part of the curriculum is realistic fiction. And something we teach the kids is that you don't go for a quick fix ending. That's just lazy writing. Yeah. So to see it in a show like so weird, it's like, I teach seventh graders who can write better than this. What are you doing to my beloved show? Well, I mean, yeah. I guess the, the obvious answer is they were pitching for younger than seventh grade. I mean, like, what, what's that like? What, 12, yeah. 13? So they were probably pitching for 10, you know, nine, well, eight, seven at this point. When season three came out, and even though I liked Annie and the Panther, I knew that this episode was trash. Yeah, I don't know how old I would have been when this aired, but I was, I definitely probably felt like I was too old to be watching this show at that point. <laughs> Um, okay, so wait, wait, there's there's more, some more um, stuff I want to talk about here. Give me one second. Okay, all right, first off, okay, so talking about changelings, actual changelings, okay, in quotations, actual changelings, because, you know, they're a myth, but um, mythological changelings don't actually work this way. I don't know if you guys are aware of that, because... I figured um, not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole point of a changeling is that it looks like a human child. You know, it's not until later that the parents become aware that their actual child has been replaced with a fairy or a monster. Um, so having it like immediately act creepy and weird and goofy completely negates the whole point of what this ritual is supposed to be, which what's the point of it again? You know, like why? Why did the changeling parents do this? I mean, is it just a thing they do? Uh, what? So many questions. <laughs> Maybe it's April Fool's for them. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Does the uh, changing really change back if there's laughter, if you, you make it laugh? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe. It sounds like that would have been a, a fairy tale myth thing. There's a lot of changeling stories, though, so I, I don't know. I haven't done that much research on it, but... Okay. Yeah, um, overall, I, okay. this episode feels like it failed at the whole changeling storyline, because that 
animatronic baby doll. That was not a changeling. That was freaking Chucky. <laughs> well, it just it looks like a, a demon or a goblin, yeah. you know. Um, and okay, so the Johnsons and clue, or excuse me, the Johnsons and Carrie and Molly return from their double date. And, you know, their living room has been destroyed. Their, everything's knocked over. And they, I, I guess at some point, Annie did some cleanup there real quick, though I don't know when, because we literally, like, see the car, the, the headlights from the car flash across the living room. But, it, you know, okay. But, like, they don't freak out. Like, the, the Johnsons don't freak out. You know, no point. There's no scene of them looking at their living room and going, what in tarnations happened here? <laughs> well, Carrie does. Carrie brings up, like, what happened in the living room. And then Jack just immediately goes, like, uh, they're upstairs and um, completely which is, them. Which is almost a funny moment, Jack, completely shifting the blame. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, why would Carrie be upset? It's not his house. I feel like the Johnsons should be the most upset individuals in this oh, yeah. scenario. Because they left their kids behind and this is what they come back to. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, Molly's going to be writing a check for some damages there, I think. Oh, well, remember, it's the Phillips house. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, wait, what? It's, this is the Phillips house. house. It's Molly's house. Why are these strange children in their house? See, I had to go back to the beginning of the episode <laughs> to figure that out, too, because I had the same question at first, but they do say that they're only in town for the one week. So, wait, what parents take their children on a vacation with them, like when they're infants? Because all you're going to be doing is taking care of those babies. You're not going to be having any fun when you have these. I, I, I'm, this raises more questions than it answers. <laughs> I mean, not like you dump them time. on strangers. Yeah, no, I mean, literally, like, what, I mean, I, like, I, I guess they have Molly, you know, saying, like, oh, you know, Clue and Annie are good kids, they'll take care of them, but who does that? I I, I wouldn't do that with my two children. I wouldn't leave them in the care of random teenagers. Huh. Isn't it sad, though, Zach, that, like, you didn't recognize that that was the Phillips house? I don't know. <laughs> I, you know and I, I'm not saying you're sad. I'm just saying I really miss the house in the mountains, and I don't know. Yeah. We got like a better look at the house in this episode and it just doesn't feel like a home to me. I mean, is this supposed to be the same house in Lightning Rod? Because it sure as hell doesn't look like it. No, it's not. They sold that house in like oh, the good second Lord. episode of season three to be closer to the rest of Hope Springs. Okay. Really? Uh, all right. My my so weird lore is deficient here. Sorry, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but the thing that pisses me off the most about it is that what's supposed to happen to Fee when she comes home? Because she's going to come home, and that is not her house. She has <laughs> lost her room. She's moving into Annie's room. And it'll never not be Annie's room, even if she's <laughs> been there. It's almost as if the actual star of the show has been switched out for a strange alien thing by nefarious individuals. <laughs> like, the show itself is the changeling. That's the subtext, guys. So weird is the changeling. It's been replaced by something. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> um is, is there anything I, I think i've gotten all my grievances out there needless to say i i do not like this episode very much at all <laughs> so um at one point in the episode like the windows locked and the doors are locked was that dylan did he do that or do you all know what i'm talking about i don't know i know what you're talking about but i don't know <laughs> and, like, i think it's supposed to be implied that there's some kind of demonic force keeping them inside with the demon baby. <laughs> that makes complete sense. No. <laughs> I mean, it makes if as much sense as anything else. Yeah, I mean. It's just lazy writing in this episode. Yeah. Lots of it. 
And, and, and speaking of the lazy writing, Jack at no point, like, I mean, he hears the noises, but he never, it, I mean, okay, I know Jack is the token skeptic here, but like, if I was in that situation, I would be like, you know, okay, what the hell's going on here, guys? You know, where, what did this? Yeah. I do like Annie trying to distract Jack with trigonometry questions while Blue's <laughs> trying to get the baby to laugh. That's yeah, okay. That's adorable. That, and that's kind of a funny moment. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, and what the hell kind of stew was that? Because it just looks like a brown, viscous fluid that they're trying to pour into that eggshell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Monster too. It, it does not look appetizing. I wouldn't eat <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. So, is there any, uh, what do you guys think? Is there anything else we need to say about Changeling here? Well, just, uh, I looked up the actors. And uh, the obvious one, I guess, would be Mary. Um, Mary Johnson, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She uh, is played by Megan Leach, who was Mulder's sister in the X-Files. I didn't recognize her immediately. I mean, I knew she was from something, but then I looked her up. And did you all know who she was? Uh, I didn't know who she was until I looked her up. Um, Oh, wow. I did. I didn't watch the X Files. I've never really seen it. But like, she's done a lot of things. I mean, she's done some cool voice work. She was Boom Boom in uh, X Men Evolution, um, or the voice of Boom Boom in X Men Evolution. She's done a lot of TV, Fringe, Supernatural, Stargate Atlantis, all the shows that go in and out of uh, you know Vancouver, of course. Um, and she was also. Uh, this is a really weird credit. She did a voice in the English version of an anime I really like called Key, the Middle Idol, which is a very obscure show. Um, mm-hmm. And she has some horror credits of note. Um, she was had a, a little part in the original It from 1990, and she has small roles in uh, The Omen 4, The Awakening, which I think has some other so weird people in it. I think that's, that movie's come up before on the show. And then mm-hmm. um, The Resurrected, which is a pretty good Dan O'Bannon, H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. Um, um, so so she, she's a little actress. She's a bit actress who's been in a bunch of things we might have seen. Yeah, and I'm just now looking up uh, Anthony Harrison, who played Mark, and he was in The X-Files. Yeah. And uh, Supernatural, The Twilight Zone, Gold Squad, which Alex is in an episode of that. Yeah. Oh, wow, and he was in two episodes of Masters of Horror, Screwfly Solution, Dreams in the Witch House. Yeah, I mean, you know, you watch these this show and you see a lot of, you look up the actors and you think like, oh, well, they've been in a lot of other things that are shot in Canada. I mean, apparently the guy who plays, this Anthony Harrison guy, has a recurring part on Siren, that weird mermaid show on Freeform which um, I don't know a single human soul who watches, but um, it seems to be sort of popular. <laughs> Lots of uh, X-Files, so weird crossover actors, for sure. Yeah, yeah there is. And another thing, I'll, I'll just mention this. This is of uh, interest to nobody but me, probably. But the two actors playing the the changeling parents who are credited as Monster Mom and Monster Dad both had small roles on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation, which was the short-lived live-action Ninja Turtles show, which looks like it was made for about $10. But, um, so, and, okay, and that's one more thing. That very final ending where they take the changeling infant back and there's, like, a, a weird sitcom moment where, like, the changeling mom and dad are talking about, oh, you know, he looks like he's gotten bigger, and oh, look at the beautiful little angel, or when it's all subtitled, they're talking in squeaks and gurbles. Um, and, uh, you know, like, that comment, that section, you know, that could have almost been funny. Like, I could see, like, a better show having that moment in it, and it making me laugh, because that kind of absurdist humor is up my alley, but 
at this point, at the end of this episode, it just sort of feels like a slap to the face. It's like, uh, you, you know, you, you expect them to iris out and do a freeze frame and hear the audience laugh, you know, so where it was filmed in front of a live studio <laughs> audience, all that stuff. Yeah. Just made the episode seem longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Are we ready for ratings on this one? Yes. There's one more thing I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I'm not sure if you guys caught on to this, but Annie's laptop was conveniently on Fee's webpage when they had the baby up in her room. Yeah, I noticed that immediately. It seems a little bit weird to me because it seems like Annie's only on Fee's website when she needs Fee. It doesn't seem like something she'd browse on for fun. So I feel like it was lazy writing just to have it conveniently up there. I mean, I can almost give them that one because, again, it's a half an hour show. You have to get the exposition in there as quickly as possible. But, um, yeah, you know, I I don't know, man. The whole episode is lazy. It's a ridiculously lazy episode. (laughs) All right. Ratings time. I would say so. All right. uh, I'm going to give this a one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, this one gets two thumbs down. Uh, The humor is not my bag. Um, like I said, the Jack moment's sweet when he's singing, but it doesn't go with the rest of the episode, and that kind of annoys me. So there's really nothing about this episode I like. And like I said before, this is one of the episodes where that made me start thinking, eh, do I really want to keep watching this show? So yeah, it has to get two thumbs down, for sure. All right, Kat? I would give this one between a three and a four. Ooh, that's plot high. It- <laughs> well, plot-wise, it is horrible. And remember, my rating is out of time. Plot-wise, this episode is horrible. The reason why it scored points for me is because Eric Von Detten really shines in this episode. And he's a character that I did miss when he was gone, so I am glad he's back. I like the dynamic between Clue and Annie because we don't get to see a lot of, the- a lot of them together. And they really played well in this episode. And I really like the fact that we have Jackson in this one and that we have a mention of Rick because it's very rare for us to see Rick being mentioned. So those are three things. So I would give it a three. Uh, I think I'd give it like a 6.5 or 7 just because the comedy is enough for me. Uh, includes comedy relief and his dynamic with uh, Annie just kind of makes the episode for me. And yeah, it always just makes me laugh. Well, you know, never say we don't have, um, you know, differing opinions on the show. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just listened to the Earth 101 episode. Man, you all dogged that episode. And, <laughs> you know, I actually kind of liked it a little bit when I watched it this time. So you're lying. <laughs> Nobody likes that episode. Being contrarian. <laughs> Oh, sure, sure. No, okay, I watched it. My family was gone, so I think I was missing them. And that was part of the reason why I liked it. Molly was missing Fee. Yeah, but anyway. Well, you know, I definitely think I um, like that episode a little more than everybody else does. But, I mean, it's definitely a bad episode. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to I hate that. it with my whole heart and will be angry with it until the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> I am never forgiving Disney Channel for the way they played nine-year-old me. I'm still pissed off about it. I always will be. You'll be cursing the Disney Channel executives on your deathbed. Yes, I will. (laughs) All right. So are we ready for the feedback portion? The feedback portion of the show? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. So our first bit of feedback, this is on the Earth 101 episode. This is from uh, Kelly. 
you guys are too funny. I'm in agreement with you across the board, especially regarding the disappointment of false fee. And as you mentioned, those ridiculous aliens. So we're meant to accept that fee spent, what, three years trying to find proof that aliens exist, and Rick possibly died, in all caps, trying to prove the same, at least in some capacity. And then these aliens just show up right there on the tour bus. Three question marks. Okay. Uh, incredulous okay apparently the season two aliens are preparing us to listen to our own souls being crushed by this trash episode laughing face emoji excellent feedback kelly excellent yes, comment. thank you kelly <laughs> for kelly but but they're not the same aliens they don't have to be the same aliens. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're obviously they're not, not real aliens. aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we determined, there are some sort of interdimensional god beings. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> I'll just go back to my Earth 101 isn't that bad hole over here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we have another comment on Earth 101. This is from... Sunday, Sunday Dinobot, they said, I've never seen this episode. I did watch Going Rampant's review, and while she also found the episode stupid, she did like that the aliens were basically a parody of Western sociologists trying to study remote peoples, and that Native American mysticism wasn't used at all. I don't think I'll ever check this one out. It doesn't interest me in the slightest. Can't wait for you guys to cover the B episode. That one is my guilty pleasure. I think the whole thing is dumb, but I love it. All right, thank you for the uh, feedback, Dinobot. Please keep safe, keep uh, Earth safe from the Predacons. <clears throat> <laughs> and keep yourself I, safe from this episode. <laughs> yeah, and I really like going rampant's uh, reviews. They're so weird; they make me think of the show in a different way. So this is from Nasea from Being There. Wow, this video came out fast. Thanks again for reading my comment. Hope you have a fun Halloween and the anniversary on Jet Jackson. Sounds cool, and it's good timing because Jeff Jackson is the next Disney Channel movie I need to watch on my list of Disney Channel movies I haven't seen yet. And speaking of bees, my mom gave me a honey stick with my lunch, and it was good. Mm. Thanks again. <laughs> <laughs> and the also, don't worry, I never gave up on so weird pizza face. <laughs> thank you for the uh, feedback, Nisea, always. Uh, thank you for sticking with the show. We appreciate it. And uh, the famous Jet Jackson original movie I watched, I think, for the first time a few years ago, and I thought it was pretty fun. So enjoy. I'm honestly not sure I've ever seen that one. I remember watching the show, but I don't think I saw the Disney Channel movie there. So hmm. Oh, I saw it so many times. I loved it. Yeah, I would recommend it. If only So Weird could have gotten in a, a movie like that. <laughs> not better. There used to be rumors going around that there was supposed to be a So Weird movie called The Encounter. I'm not sure if that was something that was ever actually planned or if it was just a rumor that was rampant around the internet. Alas. Okay, so next comment? Yep. Okay, this one is from Andrea. I don't know which episode. I like the other connections you all made to the episode Rewind. I hadn't uh, thought about how similar the mother-daughter relationships were between these episodes. Oh, this must be for the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jimmy, I'm from California, but I have been living in Florida. I wish I was there right now. I really would have loved to attend the concert you mentioned. Uh, I hope your review of Changeling comes our way soon. I really like the character traits that uh, babysitting brings out in the kids. For one, Jack is obviously comfortable around infants. 
And I love how he puts a protective hand on the babies, as he says, uh, after being a big um, brother to Fee all these years, I can handle pretty much anything. It is nice that his effort to soothe the changeling to sleep showed Patrick Levis and to sing on, in the show. Any include, however, are not as experienced with babies. For one thing, you don't just put a baby to sleep, then go downstairs and start playing the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I love how uh, Clues and Annie's uh, fight with the changeling makes Jack think that they are probably <laughs> the world's worst babysitters. While he is completely oblivious as to what is happening, it makes me laugh when he hears them uh, change the changeling's diapers over the baby monitor and Annie says, Ew, <laughs> is that a tricky <laughs> Yeah, that makes me laugh too. Does anyone uh, recognize that, like James Gar and Siren, this episode also cameos in X Files actor? The mother of the babies is uh, Megan Leach, who appears in the X Files as one of Samantha clones. In the original series, I didn't realize this the last time I watched this episode, but I recognize her voice it is so distinct. I also watched the original It series with my mother about a year ago and recognize her in that too. Well, she brought up a lot of the points we mentioned in this episode, as <laughs> she always does, because Andrea is psychic. Um, <laughs> and it sounds like she likes this one, so, you know, I guess, I, I guess me and Kat are just being big mean grouchy pants for some reason but uh you know i guess there are people out there who like this episode so. <laughs> people other than me which is appreciative thank you andrea yeah you know <laughs> of course uh andrea you know the secret fifth host host of the show thank you so much as yeah. always for your continued support um and speaking of the x-files like i said earlier there are a lot of x-files actors on so weird i actually when i was watching the x-files I, I didn't get very far i only got through like part of season three but practically every episode, I was catching someone who had been on So Weird. So I started a thread on the forum with uh, X-Files actors in So Weird. And uh, if anyone wants to finish that up, feel free, because it could go on and on, I'm sure. Huh. Well, yeah, and like I said, it's just sort of fun to look at the bit part players that have been on the show that have been in a lot of other TV shows, because so much television is filmed in and around Vancouver and Canada. So yeah. I feel like Vancouver is like the Los Angeles of Canada. Well, yeah, I mean, like a lot of television is shot there because, I, I mean, going, you know, I mentioned Masters of Horror earlier on the audio commentary for the episode Cigarette Burns, John Carpenter says, they say that Vancouver looks like every city in the world. It doesn't. It looks like Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So are we, uh, anything else we want to discuss on this fine October night? I don't think there are any reboots, right? Um, not well, you know, the Sabrina reboot comes out this week. I think anybody gonna be watching that? I'm gonna give it a shot. Nah, <laughs> I, I never watched the original, so I, well, I think we I, discussed I this before. Yeah. yeah, it looks good, it looks cool. All right, well, um, I guess have a spectacular Halloween. You know, we're coming in close, it's my favorite time of year. If you're listening to this episode, I'm gonna go, I, I think I promote my blog on the last one I was on, but I'll just do it again. You know, if you like listening to me ramble on about stupid bullshit, please visit zacksfilmthoughts.blogspot.com where I'm currently coming very, very close to the end of my six-week-long Halloween horror movie television marathon. Um, you know, give me your clicks. I would really appreciate it, please. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And if, yeah, and if that is everything, I guess we uh, have wrapped up another episode of the So Weird podcast. Thank you for listening, as always. I'm Zach. I'm Melissa. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. Or are we? You didn't say keep the faith. Oh god, keep the faith. <laughs> <laughs> keep the faith and never give up on so weird. Of course. Even when it's trash. <laughs> and dream with me. In your dreams you can be anyone you ever wanna be. Close your eyes. Dream with me. Close your eyes and dream with me. You can be an actor or be invisible. Be a star in the Hall of Fame. Build a house up in a tree. Be a whale, swim in the sea. Be a dog, chase a cat. No one will say you can't do that. In your dreams you can be anyone. You ever wanna be? Close your eyes, dream with me. Close your eyes and dream with me.